Proto fam, before we start, we want to thank our sponsors at FanDuel. You want to know the only thing better than winning? It's winning cold, hard cash. And the best way to play fantasy football and win is with FanDuel. From double-ups to giant tournaments and private contests, there are a million ways to win every single week. And if you sign up at FanDuel.com slash Fantasy or... Click on the link on the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. FanDuel will match 20% of your first deposit with your first bet up to $500. FanDuel is just handing out money for you to play with. Plus, Brodo has you covered with optimizer lineups and weekly DFS articles on the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. We'll help you come out on top. Sign up today, play some lineups, and win some cash. Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. We are in the midst of week 15, the first round of the playoffs. Usually, we are into week 15, and it's done. But no, we're in the midst of it because COVID has turned the league on its head. And right now there are Tuesday's games where we're, right now the uh, the Raiders have just beaten the, the Browns on a last-second field goal. And currently the uh, Vikings are up 7-0 in the second game because of a Justin Jefferson touchdown. That's where we're at watching and talking to you. And today we're going to be doing the recap show. And it's the same old crew of people. Me with the one, the only, the 37% man himself, Michael Petropoulos. Sup, dude. Like, tell, tell, just so people know, tell people why I just called you the 37 percenter. <sighs> sure. Let me indulge. Uh, underdog Fantasy has best ball tournaments. Um, we were discussing it earlier in the season. We'll probably do more best ball um, content this coming season. Because oh, yeah. we were new to best ball two years ago. Didn't do very well. I feel like it was a new platform in general. Yeah. Didn't do very well. Just kind of getting the feel for it. Didn't realize how different it was from regular um, fantasy Got more into it last year, definitely improved, and then this year just absolutely crushed it in the best ball game. What Tim means when he called me a 37% man is that um, in the uh, underdog best ball tournament that I joined, it's 12-man leagues, and you have to be in the top two in order to move on to the next round, um, So which means I have to end in first or second from weeks one to 14 um, to move on. Otherwise, I'm out. And of the 32 teams that I drafted, 12 of them were in the top two which is a whopping 37% advance rate, which has not been beaten yet as far as I can see. And the average is 12 The average is 16.7%, so I more than doubled the average. Yeah, you went 20, 20, 21 above. Yes. Quick maths. Quick maths. Quick maths. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, Michael, he's obviously the man. Michael, I'm t- I'm t- this has been probably... Michael, you could tell, is getting better and better every year. Uh, this is the second episode in a row where i'm giving michael compliments this is very this is a very rare occasion michael please play attention while i'm, while I'm, I'm listening brother right? <laughs> uh, he's been getting better every year he's already the man at fantasy uh baseball like 100 percent the man but he's 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 becoming the best fantasy football guy out there period uh so michael thanks tim i'm telling you this this guy has your your predictions this year have been pretty fucking spot on had a very solid season all he's around. had a very good season so with that being said, let's continue it into the playoffs. Let's get into this. But before we do, uh, you know, Michael, the reason why he's in the playoffs and the reason why he's doing so well in the playoffs is is because he's talented. But he's also got a secret weapon. 
And that secret weapon is the Fantasy Football by Broto app. On the app, you get fantasy player cards, which are fantasy player profiles with every single tool you need to dominate fantasy football. Usage charts, start-sit tools, player comps, podcasts, consistency charts, game logs, coaching tendencies, articles, rankings, waivers, and advanced stats. Every single one you need. And that includes exclusive stats like true throw value, true target value, true performance value, adjusted air yards, and defensive points over average. And, of course, there's tons more. And right now, you could download this anywhere you get apps for free because of our patrons over at patreon.com slash brotofantasy. Join now, and you can get tons of off-season content. You can get tons of – look, there's nothing more valuable than being able to access us at any time. So you can access us at any time uh, with this through the Discord, which is what one of the perks is. Even at the lowest tier, you get access to the t- Discord already – paying itself off top of that if you're a betting man Cass has an algorithm uh, if you don't know Cass, you should know Cass by now but if you don't know Cass, he is the mathematician uh the algo the algorithm algorithmic himself uh mr casanova and his algorithm has been absolutely murdering vegas um so if you are a patron you should have money uh tenfold and his dfs lineups which you get as a patron are also killing so it is true with that being said Join Patreon.com slash BrotoFantasy. It pays for itself. With that being said, let's move on. Michael, are you ready to hear from our favorite man, the man, the myth, the legend, Donnie H? Mr. Monday Night Football himself, Donnie H. Those stories and more in just two minutes. Stay with us. Thanks for joining us this half hour. I'm Don Harrison. Around the world in 30 minutes. This is Headline News. Ooh, Michael, break it down. Um, so the first piece of headline news, and there's a lot of question marky headline news today, so we're going to try and get into the crux of it. Travis Kelsey placed on the reserve COVID list. Adam Schefter reports that Kelsey is vaccinated, so there remains a chance he's activated before Sunday's game against the Steelers under the new COVID protocols. That said, the fact that he is is vaccinated and still heading to the COVID list means that he tested positive. So doesn't can he be a close contact? No. If he's vaccinated, you don't have to sit out if you're a close contact. So he is positive for COVID nineteen. Unfortunate. <laughs> Travis Kelsey just won people a lot of weeks. Uh Mike, what's your gut reaction to this? I was reading something today about the uh um quarantine times, because you know how it's it's still kinda up in the air how long you should quarantine for. They were saying fourteen days at first and they were saying ten days. And now with the uh with the vaccines I was reading some doctors are saying that you, if you don't have symptoms and stuff, it's probably just like less than five days and you'll, and it should be fine. Um, and I mean, now the, with the, uh, the way the NFL is doing testing and everything, the chiefs said that they're, they're, um, expecting Kelsey to be back by Sunday. Obviously you can't really know if that's going to be the case or not, depending how the tests go. But if he's not having any symptoms or anything and, that's that's really the main key, right? As long as he's not having any symptoms, and I guess he should be back for Sunday. But that would obviously be a a pretty large and looming loss for uh, fantasy teams who have Travis Kelsey off a either on a bye or off a fucking monster thirty seven point game. Absolutely monster. Staying on the same topic, more COVID news. Uh, Kendrick Bourne on the COVID nineteen list. This is not something that's. Uh you know, not something that's as as big as Travis Kelsey, but a guy who could be helping people out there. 
Yeah, there's going to be a lot of this over the next few days. <laughs> you think so? Like, uh, the new NFL protocols make it seem as though there's not going to be as many missing games. We'll see. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, we'll see. Yeah. Um, Julio Jones didn't practice on Monday. By the way, all, everything we're getting is from NBC Sports Edge. I'm reading straight from there. Nobody should be surprised by this after Jones left in the first half of Sunday against the Steelers when he re-aggravated his already existing hamstring strain. Man, it it seems as though Julio Jones has more games started and not finished than he has games started and finished in the past, like, five years. Lost season. Big Say time. it one more time. Lost season. Uh, Giants coach Joe Judge expects Kadarius Tony to be activated from the COVID reserve list this week. Tony, Tony, Tony. Like tuna, tuna, tuna from the office. I mean, you can't play him at this point. You can't play him at this point. Yeah, even if he does return, I mean... If Mike Glennon's still the quarterback or Jake Fromm, like, no, thank you. Speaking of which, uh, J- Joe Judge declined to name a starting quarterback on Monday. Yeah, I guess I'll just take it down to the wire and make believe Daniel Jones has a shot to play when we all know he's not going to play. Titans designated A.J. Brown to return from the injured reserve. Uh, Liz, he tweeted today that he misses playing football for whatever that's worth. This is the first week Brown was eligible to return after being placed in the injury reserve in late November. Brown will have to show he's healthy in practice, but especially with Julio Jones dealing with another injury, it seems likely Brown is back this week. What do you think, Michael? Can you play A.J. Brown this week? That sounds like a crazy statement, but it's true. It doesn't. I mean, if it's just A.J. Brown there, um, an NFL reporter, ESPN NFL Nation reporter for the Titans, Teron Davenport, he covers the Titans, um, said, I'm very confident, very, in A.J. Brown's return this week. So, I mean... I mean, he's very confident that he'll play. Yeah, and I mean, I'm I'm likely going to play A.J. Brown if I have him. Wow, Robert Quinn has 15 sacks this year? Robert Quinn is a good player. He is good, but 15 sacks good is. That level, though. I mean, yeah. he's he's old at this point. That's when you play in IDP leagues, you probably know who the backup linemen on the Jets have sacks-wise. Like, we know. I play in IDP league. Like, backup wide receivers on teams and their stats. My IDP team is crazy good. Crazy good. I have a mad good team. I'm currently on by. Anyway, um... This one's tough because this that, this next piece of news because apparently this guy has so many fathers that uh, are crying today. Uh, Joe Mixon, uh, Bengals head coach Zach Taylor says Joe Mixon suffered an ankle sprain in Week 15 against the Broncos. The good news is Taylor expects optimism about Mixon's availability for Week 16, but did say the running back will be limited to start the week. It is also promising Mixon was sent back out to the field for the victory formation, which sounds silly but is not something he would have done if this if it was a serious issue. I don't know if that's the case. I don't, you know, that I don't think you should take anything from him going back out during the victory formation, but I I do think that this is a setback for a guy who's already basically shit your team the last couple the last 3 weeks. He hasn't scored over 10 points, he hasn't found the end zone, and he's been call it hating, call it what back you want. To being Joe Mixon. He's been his normal unproductive self despite getting a whole bunch of opportunity. He is currently 50th in the in the NFL in points per opportunity, excluding touchdowns. He's getting the touchdowns, has 13 touchdowns this year. Whoever, Whenever you have 13 touchdowns, you're going to be in the top uh, top thing. When it comes to uh, points per game, he's the RB9, which is about where you drafted him. So if, if Joe Mixon 
is is hurt, he's probably gonna be even more inefficient inefficient than he already is. It's it's a tough spot for Joe Mixon, Joe Mixon managers because you have to play him at this point. He's yeah. he's the one who got you here, so it's just tough. How do you feel about Joe Mixon because of this? Yeah, I mean, if he's active, I assume he's gonna play a lot. If he's out, you better hope you have Samaje P Ryan or a viable backup. I do think P Ryan would be a decent um, fill-in. For Joe Mixon, probably rank him around mid to low end RB2 if Mixon were to miss the game. I added P. Ryan in our home league because Madison went on the COVID list, so I had a free spot. That worked out. It yeah. might work out pretty nicely. Um, Good decision. But yeah, Joe Mixon, three straight weeks of down performances right when everyone was starting to toot his horn because he was stringing together a lot of multi-touchdown games in a row, which is not something that happens often. And regression tends to always hit. When it comes with touchdowns, like me, the our mine and Jason's rule. Oh, this guy has eight touchdowns through five games already. Damn, he already used up the most of his touchdowns. He only has like four left for the rest of the season. Yeah. It sounds stupid, but that typically ends up being correct because yeah. regression typically hits everybody. Um, and it's his his has hit Joe Mixon. So we'll see how the next few weeks go for him, but certainly on a downtrend. At least he has a bunch of fathers out there who will nurse him. The quasi dads, just like the JHI quasi dads. At least these the the Joe Mixon quasi dads. At least Mixon has been, like you you start him. You don't like drop Joe Mixon, like you don't no. you don't not have him on your team. The JHI quasi dads just they wanted a guy who was never gonna play, <laughs> like to be like the next prize possession again, like years after his glory days of like his rookie season. They'll give anyone a Twitter handle these days. Uh, Jalen Hurts was not given an injury designation. He looks like he's going to start tomorrow. Good tomorrow news. on a Tuesday. We had Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday football. That's okay. that's a lot, and and the divorce rate is about to go up next week for sure. Um, Jared Goff placed on the COVID list. They just had a big win. The Lions. The Lions just spanked Arizona, bro. What? That was wild. Kyler Murray must have uh, must have went to Jared last night. That was a terrible joke. <laughs> that was a terrible I joke. Even, I didn't even understand it for a second. To uh, buy himself something because he's upset about the loss. Jared Goff. He went to Jared. For real though, Cliff Crickets? Kingsbury. Cliff Crickets? Kingsbury, like prior to the game, was saying how he's never beaten Jared Goff, whether it's been college or the NFL. He, he lost to Jared Goff again. <laughs> This double-digit favorites. He lost by double digits. The Lions absolutely destroyed them. Amon Ra St. Brown looking like a, a beast right now. Uh, we'll talk about Amon Ra, I have a feeling, coming up later in the show. Um, yo, not for nothing, the random dude on Twitter was right about Daniel Jones. Uh, yep. ESPN's Jordan Rain is reporting that the Giants are shutting down Daniel Jones for the rest of the season. This guy on Twitter said it was going to happen, bro. He's like, yo, yeah. my guy works with uh, Mara's nephew. He's like, yo, we're, we're shutting, down, shutting down Daniel Jones. We're just not telling anybody. Yeah. Like three weeks ago. Um, coach, yeah, no reason to keep going with that one. Uh, the Giants are a dumpster fire. Um, there's more to talk about, but it's defense. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll do it anyway. Chargers coach Brandon Staley says Joey Bosa will not play in Week 16 against the Texans. I wish that made a difference. Yeah, I mean... More time for Davis Mills to throw it to Brandon Cooks, who's been on fire. Yeah, I suppose. Um, Ricky Seals-Jones is questionable for the game tomorrow because of an illness. So if you are strapped at tight end, make sure you have his handcuff. For sure. Sure. Uh, Terry McLaurin 
Does not carry an in- injury designation going into tomorrow. There's more about the tomorrow games. All right. Um, oh, this is this is an interesting one. Uh, Jaguars interim coach Daryl Bevel said Brian Schottenheimer will take over play calling duties. Dun, dun, Michael's dun, favorite dun, guy. The goat. I mean, it's good news for James Robinson. Good news for nobody. I hey. guess that's good news for James Robinson. Who you were say what you want you about, were right Kyle about James Robinson this past week. Yeah. With Urban Meyer gone. Say what you want about Kyle Shanahan, bro. <clears throat> he knows he can put he can drop a run scheme. He can do it. Just well, say that's it. the only thing you say can it, do. Michael, you him. shouldn't get an offensive coordinator position. He's not. He's the or, run, the or pass game calling play calls. Exactly. He's the pass <laughs> game coordinator. I wonder why the Jaguars are bad. Anyway, Michael. Uh, Several reasons. Let's get into this first category. The first category, of course, is we saw that coming. Things that we saw coming from a mile away. I saw that coming from a mile away. Michael, who's your first saw that coming? My first we saw that coming is a guy I said, I wanted to bet you guys, but you guys didn't take me up on it because I added like a couple points. I said, this guy is going to outscore Zeke. I'll bet you. Um, and that was Deontay Foreman. Um, I like Deontay Foreman as an RB2 this week against Pitt, who has just been bleeding did fantasy out, points. Did he outscore Zeke? <clears throat> he did outscore Zeke. Zeke um, had a good game, though. Zeke yeah, but Deontay like Foreman, 17. no, Zeke scored like 14, and Deontay Foreman beat him by like a point. I haven't been Zeke yet. scored a touchdown, which saved his day. PPR. Um, Deontay Foreman, though, 22 rush attempts, 108 rushing yards, two receptions, and 27 yards. Was the clear early down back, got some receptions as well. Um, was really the the key cog in that offense for Tennessee. And, uh, yeah, I liked him as an RB2 this week. And if you started him, you were certainly happy with the production, even though he wasn't able to find the end zone. All right, my first guy, my mans, my dogs, Hunter Henry. If you were listening to the to the podcast, the preview pods, we told you, guys, our exclusive stat on the app Defensive points over average reveals that the Colts are the worst team against tight ends in the league. And what wouldn't you know it? Hunter Henry, six receptions for 77 yards and two touchdowns. Jason on the pod said Hunter Henry is due for a touchdown. In fact, he may score two touchdowns. And that's exactly what happened. So uh, Hunter Henry is someone that we saw coming that, that was not. I think he's rostered in less than 60% of leagues right now. Like Hunter Henry is not on the radar, but he if you put Hunter Henry in your tight end slot, uh, especially the way this week went, he may have won you your week. Yeah, yeah. Hunter Henry, baby. And it was one of the rare things where Jason was like, yo, I want to talk about Hunter Henry. And then you go, yo, he's being OD underranked. And then I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was about to talk about Hunter Henry. Like, we were all like, let's yeah. let's get this done. The but, first thing I did when I started my rankings, when I clicked on tight ends, was see Hunter Henry at like 20 and say, what? And move him up to 10. Yeah. You got to pick and choose when it comes to tight ends. And this was a clear smash spot for Henry. And yeah, we were all over this one. He smashed it. Michael, who's your second saw that coming? Uh, my second we saw that coming. Another fella that I said, <clears throat> I told someone I would start Devontae Parker over Michael Pittman. I don't know if he listened to me. Um, this was earlier in the week, and Michael Pittman, as we all know, had the terrible game. Maybe he was biased on my end because, you know, I haven't been a big Michael Pittman guy, but I've been right about that of late. And I was a big fan of Devontae Parker this week against the Jets, and he went four for 68 on eight targets and a receiving touchdown for 14.8 half PPR fantasy points, going to end as a top 20 option. Without Jalen Waddle there and against a trash Jets secondary, I knew this would be a good spot for him. And uh, 
yeah, he ended up having a very nice game, and Devontae Parker, whoever started him, was uh, was happy about that as well. Oh, yeah. Do you know who else is happy? Anyone who drafted Jonathan Taylor. And that's I'm our happy. next saw that coming. We mentioned that people were scared the Patriots were going to da da But we told you, especially Michael, was on the pod saying, no, I don't care what the matchup is. You're playing Jonathan Taylor, and you're he's going to be the maybe the number one player of the week. And 29 carries, 29 carries. He played 100% of the snaps for 170 yards and one touchdown. Woo-wee. And on top of that, Naheem Hines had a rushing touchdown. So the rushing game in general for the Colts was great in this game. I'm gonna make a, a, a bold prediction here, and I might be it might be the bias. Oh, David Montgomery just fumbled. That it might be the bias of hard knocks. I don't know if you've been watching in season hard knocks. I'm you? not. You've asked me. It's already. been very good. You gotta watch it. But the Colts are a team to be that should not be fucked with. It's all on Carson Wentz. They're a decent team. If Carson I, Wentz could find like a Joe Flacco ish, like I raise my game up in the playoffs type situation this year. The Colts have a legitimate chance of winning the Super Bowl with that defense right now. It's because, dude, I said from the beginning the the Patriots. I've been saying the Patriots are frauds. Be, they are basically the worst version of the Colts. They want to run and play defense, except they don't have Jonathan Taylor. And they don't have Kenny Moore either. Kenny Moore is fucking nice. Yeah, and they don't have Jonathan Taylor for like first and foremost. Like that's why I was like Jonathan Taylor is going to run all over them because he's a beast. And the Patriots defense, run defense, is their weakest point. And, like, I, I tweeted about this. I texted the Brodo Writers chat, Colts minus 9.5 at plus 270, lock it in, it's free money. And they started making fun of me for it, and the Colts ended up winning by 10. It's like it's because the Colts are just a better version of the Patriots. Yeah. So I agree with you. I think the Colts are a better team, and I, uh, I basically, like, I expected that game to go exactly that way. Because if the Patriots are forced to throw, Mac Jones has been good this year, but he has not been forced to throw. They're, they force turnovers with the best in them, the Indianapolis Colts defense. Uh, that's a defense that is it's a good it's a good team, man. It's a very good team. Um, Michael, you want to get into the second category? Let's do it. Kidogories. Kidogories. Category. Surprise, surprise. Surprise, motherfucker. Michael, who's your first surprise, surprise? My first surprise for surprise for you, Tim. The GOAT QB himself. Tyler Huntley stepping in and doing his best Lamar Jackson appearance. Did I steal Tyler Huntley from you? You totally Tim? stole Tyler Huntley from me. I just gave Michael the, the, the I sent you the list. Yeah, I thought you didn't have Tyler Huntley on your list. No, it, what made you think that? Is it the fact that Tyler Huntley's name was was right there? Right, well, this is the first time I've done it. Typically you mess up, so fuck <laughs> off. What I've what are you even talking about? You just nice deflection. You suck. <laughs> Whatever. He did his best Lamar Jackson appearance. Um, impression okay, okay. even better I mean this guy put up 35.9 fantasy points 215 passing yards two passing touchdowns 73 rushing yards two rushing touchdowns one for two and they didn't get it but he put up a very nice fight against the Green Bay Packers defense and I mean shout out Tyler Huntley because that was a that's a very good game by the young guy now he's just, he's Twitter's favorite quarterback now everyone is climbing for Tyler Huntley to get a starting position next year on a different team. I mean, he played very well against a good Green Bay defense. The Green Bay defense has been on fire. This is true. All right, so I have to transition on the spot here, and I will, to Russell Gage. I hope I didn't fuck up one of your things. Uh, Russell Gage has been on the rise uh, ever since he, he did. became... <laughs> I did? Yeah. Ever since he became one of the, the main target, uh, because I'm going to be talking about this later, Cordero Patterson is an is a H-back now. 
Like, they don't even use them outside anymore. Yeah, I have no idea They're what like, happened with that. Let's take this dynamic weapon that's been dominating the NFL and water down his role so that he sucks and we lose. Um, good plan. Uh, Russell Gage, the three of the last four weeks, has been over 15 fantasy points in half PPR. 15.2, 16.5, 8.4, and 19.10. He's at the very least a safe option to play as a wide receiver three. Um and this week, he went crazy. 11 targets, 8 receptions, 91 yards, and a touchdown. So, Russell Gage is definitely someone that we didn't necessarily see coming, but good shit. Yeah, I mean, I, I was going to put him on my stock rising because I was, I was higher than consensus on um, on Russell Gage this week. And I, I talked about that on the pod. So, fuck off, Tim. We're messing up each other right now. Messing it all up. Shall I, shall I move on to the next one? Sure. My second surprise surprise, Tim. I want you to guess what the snap percentage was for Devin Singletary in yesterday's business. I know game. the answer to this. So I'm not going to say that. 82%? Yeah. 82% of his, snaps his for rush, Devin Singletary. His rush share was 94%. No. Um, his his targets. Well, anywho, he had four carries. There were only four carries. So, I mean, I mean they hardly ran. But he had seven targets to Matt Breida's one. If Singletary's just going to get all the work in that backfield... He might end up being a low-end RB2 flex play like with a high floor going forward for the rest of the season. I mean, this is what we are looking for with the Bills' half um, halfback room because, look, you know that they're not going to win you your week, but at, at the very least, if one of them has the entire backfield, then maybe he'll actually one of them will actually be able to put up some decent fantasy numbers. And Singletary had... Excuse me. Wow, I'm looking at the wrong... Oh, wow. I'm looking at week 14. I'm an idiot. The week 15 stats. You were right, Tim. He got a bunch of rushing work. 22 yeah. rush attempts. I was like, I was just saying that out loud. And I was like, hold on. What is happening right now? Yeah. Four rush attempts. 22 rush attempts against Carolina. One target. Reception, 10 yards. 86 rushing yards and a touchdown. Now back-to-back double-digit performances. And um, New England, who Jonathan Taylor just ran all, ran all over. Obviously, Singletary isn't Taylor. Um, but And then Atlanta, week 17. So Singletary is someone to keep an eye on. Yeah, uh, you know, if you could say Devin Singletary has the ability to win you a championship, you can de- definitely say that about it. Literally anyone. Literally anyone. Michael, you're going to lead me to a fantasy championship? I think so. I'm going to start you a wide receiver two. That's right. Do it. Giving you respect. I'm not even putting you a wide receiver Do it. I'm putting you a wide receiver two. Do it. Um, my guy is someone who... It's a surprise, surprise, but we kind of mentioned him on the pod on Thursday. So we told you that Duke Johnson would be a good play if Miles Gaskin missed the game. The problem is Miles Gaskin didn't miss the game. He played. Correct. Miles Gaskin did play. The only problem is we don't know that Duke Johnson was going to get the work anyway. We knew that the starting running back for the Dolphins was going to do good against the Jets. We definitely called that. But it was Duke Johnson. Shout out to Duke Johnson, a Brodo favorite. Um, 22 carries for 107 yards and two touchdowns. Only one catch for 20 yards. This is a guy who kind of has profiled as a as a pass-catching back his entire life. I mean, Miles Gaskin was involved, 10 for 54. But Duke Johnson was clearly the head man, the head honcho in this backfield. He looked good while doing it, scored two touchdowns. Worth noting, Duke Johnson is a Miami alum, Miami University, the U. So, kind of a homecoming for him. Shout out Duke Johnson. 
It's going to make it for a complicated backfield next week. Duke Johnson, of all people, coming in and shaking up the fantasy world during the playoffs. Over 100 yards. Cannot ask for a better matchup against the Jets. But, man, he also just straight up balled out. Like, he looked spry. He looked good. He's always been someone I liked. Um, and Michael Salfino compared him to, and I thought it was a good comparison, to Bilal Powell in that they always looked like they should have got, been given a shot somewhere but never did get a shot, and then they just kind of aged out of the position. Um, I always felt like Duke Johnson deserved to have a little bit more of a shot somewhere. Um, randomly having this great game for Miami, like you said, Miles Gaskin still played, but we don't know if Miles Gaskin was maybe feeling ill effects of having COVID or something, and maybe he'll get more work next week. Who knows? Um, but it was certainly very cool to see Duke Johnson just come out of nowhere and have a great game. Makes for a, a sticky situation. Sticky, sticky, sticky. Uh, Michael, that's it, right? Yep. All right, let's talk about the stock up segment. People whose stock is on the rise going into the second round and the championship of the playoffs. Something just came across my desk, John. It is perhaps the best thing I've seen in the last six months. Now, right now, John, the stock trades over the counter at 10 cents a share. And by the way, John... Our analyst indicator could go a heck of a lot higher than that. We are looking at a grand slam home run. Grand salami. Grand sa- oh, no, 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 not yet. The grand salami time. Michael, who's your first grand slam jamma? Uh, my first stock rising here is uh, Christian Kirk, the one and only. With DeAndre Hopkins now out, Christian Kirk saw 12 targets, 9 receptions, 94, 94 yards and touchdown. Basically the only player in that entire game to have an above-average game against the Lions he for the Cardinals. A, he did a lot in garbage time. Either way, it still counts. 9 for 94 on 12 targets. They get Indian Dallas to close out the season. Sign me up for Christian Kirk with DeAndre Hopkins out the rest of the year. His stock is definitely up, and he's going to be a playable high-end wide receiver three the next couple weeks. Speaking about someone who's going to be playable the next couple weeks, especially if Emmanuel Sanders continues to be out, and that's the rise of Gabriel Davis. Gabriel Davis did this exact same thing last year. Um, where he kind of stepped up, and he put up 85 yards and two touchdowns. His game, his fantasy output, Stefan Diggs has only done, has only matched or gotten greater than that one time this year. One time. So Gabe Davis is had the second best performance of any wide receiver on the Bills. Five receptions, 85 yards. And he looks like a good player. Like, he reminds me of Robert Woods when Robert Woods with the Bills, like, Every time he was on the field, he did something good, but he didn't get enough time and he didn't get enough credit. I feel like that's what's going on right now with Gabe Davis, but he's finally getting his shine. And uh, I, I feel as though if Emmanuel Sanders continues to be out, Gabriel Davis is someone that you could confidently play in your in your lineup. Gabriel Davis has been very good of late, and it's hard to argue against him being a wide receiver three over the next couple of weeks with the way he's been playing. Shout out Gabriel Davis, who... uh. Always seems to take advantage when given the shot. Uh, My second stock rising here is someone we touched on briefly earlier. Um, I didn't steal this from you, right, too, right, Tim? Amon Ross St. Brown? No, I I let you have that one. Yes. I was like, this one seems too obvious, so maybe Tim, uh, maybe I stole it from Tim here, too. I know you like Amon Ross St. Brown, after 12 targets and 12 targets, he puts together 11 targets, 8 receptions, 90 yards, and a touchdown against Arizona. Two of the last three weeks, a wide receiver one just had a very good game. Um, he gets Atlanta on deck next week, which is an even better matchup. No reason not to think St. Brown doesn't get another 10-plus targets. 
it's a little crazy, but it looks like he may be uh like it's gonna be hard not to rank him as like a top twenty five option next week with the way he's been playing. Um, speaking of not being ranked as a top twenty five option, welcome back James Robinson into our lives. Hello, Mr. Robinson. Eighteen carries for seventy five yards and a touchdown that by far led the backfield in rushes. LaVisca got a rush and Trevor Lawrence got five rushes, but besides that, uh there was only one rush by any other running back. Dare Akinbawale. You got it. Uh <laughs> James so James Robinson completely dominated that backfield, as should be the case. So going forward, even now with Brian Schottenheimer calling the plays, uh, good things on the horizon for Mr. Robinson. James Robinson definitely had a uh, a good game there, and it makes you a lot happier about starting him going forward as well. Because I mean, the last the previous two weeks prior to that has just been pure pure, pure trash. Uh, my next stock up was supposed to be Russell Gage, but I'm gonna change it to uh, since Tim already spoke about Russell Gage to Mark Andrews. Mm-hmm. who has just been an absolute monster of late. Back-to-back games, 24 fantasy points, 31.6 fantasy points. Having that like big breakout season, he's always been a super up-and-down type guy. He still had those down games this year, but they haven't been quite as down, and his big games have been even bigger than ever. He's already at 85 receptions, 1,000 yards, and 8 touchdowns. Just a tremendous season overall for Mark Andrews. Um, so... Is looking like he's going to be a, a very, very good, so, solid option over the next couple of weeks and probably be drafted as a uh, pretty highly next year as well as a tight end. Maybe like a second or third. He's, where do, what do you think? I'm, uh, Yeah, something like that. I'm, I'm pissed at Mark Andrews, man, because I called this for him last year, and now he's doing what I wanted last year, this year. Man, man. It's true. Why, man? Why you got to do that to me? Why you got to do that to me? But, yeah, I mean – He's been he's been balling, man. Mark Andrews is the truth. And the Brodo bros have been telling you this for a long time. When backup quarterbacks come in, they throw their tight ends a lot. And that's exactly what happened with Tyler Huntley. So uh, continue the, the plethora of good things to come if Lamar Jackson continues missing games. My next one, Craig Reynolds. Craig Reynolds. Mr. Craig. A guy that you've never heard of before. Never. Ever. Like, didn't you? What college did you say you went to again? Beats me. Jason said it. Like some random <laughs> college. Like, it's the most random place. And out of nowhere, 26 carries for 112 yards. Now, did he set the world on fire? No. But DeAndre Swift, if I'm the Lions, I'm not bringing him back. And, you know, Jamal Williams with the COVID list. But why wouldn't Craig Reynolds? I mean, to me, he proved that he deserves more of an opportunity. So it's going to be an interesting thing to see. Because if he's carrying the ball, he's going to be valuable. So, Craig Reynolds, stock is up. Agreed. It's it's very... I mean, but I don't know. Like, if Jamal Williams returns, I'm not going to trust Craig Reynolds. No. Like, it's been a good story, but I highly doubt he'll, like, supplant Jamal Williams or anything. I don't know, man. Maybe it'll be... Played over Jamar Jefferson again. I mean, I could have played over Jamar Jefferson. Let's be real lying. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Sorry, Jamar. Uh, is that, Are you done? Yeah. Let's get into our last segment then. Stock falling. Let's do it. Let's do it.
The worst day on Wall Street since the crash of 1987. The Dow traders are standing there watching in amazement. I don't blame them. We're now down 43%. Almost everything there completely wiped out. And the NASDAQ, everything and more has been completely wiped out. Let's talk about the speed with which we are watching this market deteriorate. And the market's deteriorating right now this at, at a pretty fast rate because of Omicron. Yep. Fun. Not fun. Not fun at all. Man, my, I got red everywhere. This that made me want to check my portfolios. So it's just red. Up the gazoo. Uh, Michael, who's your first stock? I mean, down. Yeah, stock down. Uh, my first stock down, Tim, is a guy that um, I ranked way lower than consensus this week, and it's just because he's not who everyone wants him to be, and that's Saquon Barkley. Uh, Fifteen rush attempts. He made a great catch, though. He did make a very good catch. Fifteen rush attempts, fifty rushing yards, lost fumble. Eight targets, four receptions, 24 yards. Like, this guy had 23 total opportunities, totaled 74 scoreless yards, and lost the fumble. And to be completely honest, I think it was very clear. At least, like we said, it's kind of hard to tell the difference between Barkley and Booker last week. I think it was very clear this week that Booker just looked way better. Like, every time there was a long run, I was like, oh, there he finally goes. And then he, I was like, oh, shit, no, it's Devontae Booker. Like, eight carries, 74 rushing yards for Devontae Booker. I don't know, man. Like, Saquon Barkley has, like, I hope maybe he just needs more time to rest that knee over the offseason. Their season's coming to an end soon because the Giants obviously aren't sniffing the playoffs. But, man, it's just not looking great. So, Michael, let's say let's say hypothetically you were in a 16-team dynasty league with deep rosters and you needed a flex play. And you were looking at Craig Reynolds, you were looking at A.J. Green, and you were looking at um, Devontae Booker. Who'd you play? Craig Reynolds, if Jamal Williams was still out. No, nah, no, nah. What did Jamal Williams play? A.J. Green. Hmm. This might be against me. Interesting. Damn, wait, this might be against me. You were the one seed, right? I, I was the one seed, yeah. I'm... I'm Looking like I, I might pull off the win as the sixth seed, so it's going to be against me. Bro, me and, me and Michael are playing each other in like three different playoff matchups right now. I'm looking like I'm going to win one. He's looking like he's going to win the other, which ironically... Two different he, playoff matchups. But two yeah. different playoff matchups. Well, we, we're also in the third like consolation matchup in Kevin's League. Oh, yeah. I'm going to um, beat you in that one. <laughs> are you? Yeah. I didn't even put it in line. The only team I didn't make the playoffs. That was, my, that was one of two teams where I didn't make the playoffs, unfortunately. Um... Ramondre Stevenson is my next stock there. Real quick, Tim, in the in the dynasty league, <clears throat> this is to uh to win and play against you next week. I'm up by eleven points. Actually ten point four, so that could be big, not exactly eleven. He has Goddard and Rams defense. I have Rashad Penny. You're gonna win. I'd I'd give myself the the odds as well here. Especially well, if Hurts plays. You better you better hope Hurts plays. I mean, he's uh, he's expected to play. If Minshew plays, then it might be a different story. Minshew. Ramondre Stevenson is my stock down. Everyone got hyped when they heard Damian Williams was out. Damian Harris. Damian Harris, excuse me. I certainly fell for it. But Ramondre Stevenson, 10 carries for 36 yards. And he got game scripted out of this game. The Colts took a 20 to nothing lead very early. In, not very early, but they, they, they kept it. They kept the pressure on Mac Jones. Played well in the last of the game. Like, I was impressed by the way he turned it around because in the beginning I was like, look at this guy. When he actually has to play a defense, he fucking sucks. But he impressed me. His arm is kind of weak. 
I feel like. I feel like his arm is like the ball just takes forever to get there. Tua as well. Tua has like a weak arm. That's why that's why I'm not done with Zach Wilson yet. That guy, when he throws the ball, the ball gets there and like it's like a laser beam. Anyway, 10 for 36 on the ground. He wasn't in the game much because Brandon Bolden was game scripted into the game. So it just reminds you that the Patriots running back is always game script dependent, and you're playing with fire when you start a Patriots running back. It could be great. It could be bad. And this time it was bad. So Ramondre Stevenson is stocked down. Yeah, I hear you there. That was a rough one for sure. I was high on him this week. My second stock down, Tim, is this one's funny because I told Jason um, in our home league, I was like, you know what? I kind of want to drop this guy so that the team I'm playing against could pick him up and start him against me because his ceiling is so damn low. And it's Jerry Judy, mm. who just put up an absolute donut I, against Cincinnati. Can I ask why? Maybe it's because he's donuted, but why people are acting like that was a surprise? A donut is always a surprise. Yeah, but him. there's so many people like, oh my God, I can't believe Jerry Judy did this to me. Like, Jerry Judy's been giving you seeing, six points. But he was seeing a lot of targets. Like, he's seen six targets in back-to-back weeks. He put up 77 yards, 47 yards. It's it's not like we expected Jerry Judy to get a donut. You could be surprised about a donut. 47 four targets against yards? Cincinnati. Teddy Bridgewater, goodness gracious. I hope he's okay. Um, apparently, everything is good in the hospital. Bad injury, and I'm glad he has all his movement and all that good stuff. But he is he's not an NFL quarterback. Neither is Drew Locke. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna need to get some A-Rod. But at least Drew Locke was throwing it farther than four and a half yards down the field. Uh, yeah, Teddy Bridgewater. They went like two drives without targeting Sutton, Fant, Judy, or Patrick. Completely wild. Like, what's it's, the point of having that talent on the outside if you're not going to use it's it? It's absolutely absurd. The Broncos, like, I would rather watch the Jaguars and Texans on repeat than watch a Broncos game at this point. The Jaguars and Texans was that disgustingly awful to watch. It ended up being an, an yeah, that has a chance of being game. entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> Broncos games have 0% chance of being entertaining at this point. Davis Mills is a, is a decent quarterback. Like he's, he's been balling out, yo. He's an NFL player. Yeah, he has been balling out. Speaking of someone who has not been balling out, my next stock down, and uh, hold on, I have to apologize again because I know fathers can be very, very, you know, they're very the quasi dads. They're protective over their sons. And um, Joe Mixon, your your favorite son, has not been shining bright as of late. Joe Mixon got off to a rough start to begin the to the year. He he was the RB two in the first game, so that was nice. But then he backed it up with 36, 30, 23, and 33. And it looked like he was going towards another Mixon-type year. And then he started getting really hot with touchdowns. RB4, RB24, RB2, RB4, RB4, RB2. That is a insane stretch. Absolutely insane. But since then, he's come back to earth. RB25, RB32, and RB30 the past few weeks. Has still been getting a ridiculous amount of volume, so that hasn't changed. It's just that his inefficient ways have finally caught up to him. The thing is, too, like one of these games was he had a touchdown. In one of these games, he had a an easy touchdown. So he scored under 10 points with a touchdown, despite he leads the league right now in rushing attempts. And he's only ninth in points per game. So, I mean, if you're still in the playoffs and you had Joe Mixon... You're hoping he turns it around, but his stock is definitely down right now. Yeah, I mean, we already discussed Joe Mixon, but I don't think you could argue that his stock is falling. Um, and lastly, to you end could, it off You here, could argue if he was your seed. My seed? 
my seed. Uh, my last stock down to him, Devontae Freeman, who randomly, after several weeks of being a solid RB2 for fantasy teams, puts up 2.9 fantasy points, six rushes, 22 rushing yards, a target, a reception, and two yards, and ends up sitting behind Latavius Murray in the second half while Latavius Murray comes in and takes over that backfield in the second half, running seven times for 48 yards, three targets, a reception, and three yards, which just doesn't make any logical sense looking at weeks past, and um, this just once again becomes a backfield that you cannot, uh, you just cannot trust by any means going into going into the semifinals of fantasy playoffs. Speaking of not being able to trust by any means, we talked about this a little bit in the beginning. Corderell Patterson is just an H-back now. He's a standard H-back. Played 62% of the snaps, got 61% of the rushing at work, 11 carries, only two targets. Not lining up outside. They they took one of the most dynamic weapons in the NFL, and they talked about him even playing defense, and they watered him down into nothing, into a regular-ass H-back. Very confused by it. Mike Davis is the one who's getting the pass-catching work now out of the backfield. Cordero's not lining up outside as often. It's all very, very weird and confusing. I don't get it. I don't get it, man. I don't get it. Right. But that, 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 that's all, folks. There you go. <laughs> Michael. Outro, go. At Brodo FF Mike. At Brodo FF Tim. At Brodo FF... Uh, Cass Zanova and at Broto FF Jason at Broto Fantasy on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Broto Fantasy. That is, and uh, yeah, brother Johnny got COVID right now, so give him your best wishes at Johnny Patrop on Twitter. Um, so don't expect those TikToks this week, but it'll, it'll, they're coming back soon. And with that being said, uh, BrotoFantasy.com. We out. Later.